with that in mind, I was led to share this message from a very powerful book written by an awesome young man by the name of Brian Stevenson. Brian Stevenson was a lawyer. He created something called the Equal Justice Initiative. In this book, he writes a powerful story about the potential for mercy and redemption. It's called A Clarion Call to Fix Our Broken System. In that, he highlights the testimony of one Walter McMillan, young African-American man who was convicted of murder on death row. Not only did he not do it, but at the time of the murder, he was in the presence of 20 other people. But yet, he was convicted, put on death row. Brian Stevenson, with the help of many others, many others who were not all African-American, many young whites, Hispanics, and others rallied together, and they freed Walter McMillan. And Brian Stevenson wrote this powerful book that has now become a movie called Jess Mercy. And God said to me, Deacon Carlos, I need you to preach that on Heritage Day. And so with that in mind, I am obedient to the instructions of the Lord. I invite you to a wonderful passage of scripture that is found in the book of Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21 to 23. And this morning, I guess it's fitting to read from the standard King James Version. On this Heritage Day, we're going even back and reading our translations in the King James Version. Chapter 3, verse 21 of the book of Lamentation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. First of all, may I ask this question? Do I have time to preach this? I'll make sure, amen, y'all don't tip out on me. I know it's been a little longer today, but amen, this is a very special day. Look at somebody and say, don't you put your finger up and tip out today. <laughs> amen. Pastor, y'all didn't have to call me out like that. Somebody say, amen. Hear the reading of God's word, beginning at verse 21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Mm. It is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed because his compassion uh, fail not. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Verse 22 again says this. It is of the Lord's mercies. Somebody say mercy, mercy, mercy. That we have not been consumed. It is because of the Lord's mercy that you have not been destroyed. Amen, somebody. Do me a favor, if you will. Look at somebody standing next to you and, just, and say these words. Say, just mercy. Just 
That's the subject of today's message directly from that book. Look at somebody again and say, just mercy. You may be seated in the presence. Now, to those of you who somehow think you have arrived where you are because you were just that smart, to those of you that credit your ability to matriculate through institutions of higher learning for the success that you enjoy, to those of you that think it was your family's legacy that helped you achieve what you have been able to do today, we pray for you. But for the rest of us who know exactly why we're here today, do me a favor and just shout, just mercy. <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that. On this last Sunday in February of the year 2020, last Sunday in which we honor the heritage of the African-American people and their experiences and all of those that made it possible for us to be where we are today, black, white, brown, and yellow. We would like to discuss the struggles, the persecutions, the hardships, the sacrifices of our ancestors, those who have gone on before us, as well as those who are among us today, like we have just heard from the Reverend Jesse L. Jackson. God says it is important for us to understand and to appreciate how these incredible men and women went through so much, <laughs> endured so much, had so many struggles, hardships, and heartaches. Yet, they never lost faith. Never lost faith in believing that they would not only one day survive, but that they would also one day thrive. Never lost faith that the generation that comes behind them could be greater than what they had become. It is important. It is important for us to understand that when you set up high, <laughs> it is really not because you are that tall. It is because you are sitting on somebody else's shoulders. When you can lift your head up high and all of the pride and recognition that we sometimes ascribe to ourselves, it is important to know, not by power, nor by might, but by God's spirit that we're here today. It is important for us to be aware and to appreciate how we as a nation, as a society, as a people, were able to overcome past injustices, past adversities, how we were able to overcome all that we went through. Why is that important? Because once we understand that God has done it before, we know that God can do it again. 
See, it helps us deal with the adversities and the struggles that we are going through right now. Because we know that God has done this before. <laughs> God has made a way out of nowhere before. This is important. The faith of these who've gone on before us is so important. I had the opportunity just on yesterday to uh, speak with uh, Reverend and Pastor, uh, former professor at Benedict College, Reverend uh, Warren Robinson. And we were talking about the significance of our heritage. We were talking about the plantation that his family, my family, and others from Lower Richland actually came from. And we shook our head, tears streaming on our face. They were trying to get us to move on after the wedding, but we could not let go the conversation that God has been good to us. <laughs> Anybody know that God has been good to you? When you understand that we've come through so much and God has never let us down. And in my conversation with Dr. Robinson, in my conversation uh, with others who have documented the struggles, like Reverend Dr. John Middleton from Lower Richland, our very own Jackie Whitmire and others, then it is important for us to understand how they were able to communicate when they could not uh, necessarily communicate overtly, when they could not communicate publicly, when they could not always say how they felt or what they believed. But yet they found a way to do it. One of the ways that our ancestors found a way to communicate it through the words of songs that they sing. Because the oppressors often thought they were just having a good time. They're just singing. They're just jubilant. They're just having church. But if you've ever witnessed this, and I saw this last night. My son Antoine and I went to a production called God's Trombone. And last night we saw James Weldon Johnson's production uh, down at the St. John Baptist Church. Uh, the award-winning uh, gospel music choir from Charlotte, North Carolina was there. Seven sermons they spoke, all tied into songs and the word of God. Here's what I realized sitting in that packed auditorium last night, that God has done so much for us. And our ancestors had a way of communicating in ways that are not typical today. They would make up songs and sing it among themselves. Songs such as, up above my head, I hear music in the air. There must be a God somewhere. <laughs> Folk didn't know what that meant. They thought well, they're just out there in that cotton field picking cotton, just sing up above my head, I hear music. But what they were saying, Deacon Porterfield, is above this situation. There's a God that sits up high and look down low. There must be a God somewhere. They would sing songs as we heard on last night. Soon I will be done with the trouble of this world. Going home to be with my Lord. They had the faith to sing songs that I'm so glad trouble don't last always. They would sing a song uh, that I stayed awake at night. 
Uh, but God will make a way. Song called Trouble in My Way. I had to cry sometime. Laid awake at night. Y'all know about that. Some of y'all some country folk in here. But that's all right. Jesus <laughs> will fix it. After a while, the oppressors even sung the songs with them, not knowing that they were singing about them. Because they knew that one day God would make a way somehow. And we cannot forget that civil rights iconic anthem. Dr. Martin Luther King, the late Mahalia Jackson, and others wrote called We Shall Overcome. One day deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome one day. What about the words of the great literary port and giant, uh, Dr. James Weldon Johnson, who wrote that Negro anthem? Uh, he, he told us through many things we've come that God still will make a way somehow. How many of you know that through many dangers, toys, and snares, God will make a way. Uh, God of our weary years. God of our silent tears. What, what were they saying? Pastor Jackson, what they were saying is that we've got hope. We've got faith. And we believe that despite all the things we've got to go through, we serve a God who could make a way out of nowhere. Now, here's what I discovered. Now, in reading and hearing some of the actual life stories of those who've been in struggle, if you have not seen the documentary on PBS called Many Rivers to Cross by Dr. Lewis Henry Gates of Harvard, I urge you to get that. Because in that documentary, uh, one of the early uh, stories is about slavery and about those who survived slavery. And they actually uh, read excerpts of slave testimonies. Dr. Henry Louis Gates goes even further to get the testimonies of those who survived the generations after slavery. One of the things that caught my attention was when I asked the question, how were you able to endure all that you went through? And you never gave up the faith. How were you able to dance and shout and still smile and even laugh in the face of your tormentors Woo! and never gave up the faith? How were you able to do so much so that they mischaracterized who you were? And they said, you are jubilant slaves and you are happy-go-lucky folk with no care in the world. And they said to those, Time Magazine did an excerpt on this and they interviewed some former slaves and they said, no, we, we laughed on the outside because we didn't want them to know how hurt we were in the inside. And we decided that nobody could steal our joy. And the God we serve, y'all gonna make me preach up in here. It's, I just wanna make sure I'm in the right place. Anybody in here share that testimony? Has God done anything for you that you know God has done? Look at somebody and say, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. 
heaven and earth adore him. One of the consistent and persistent narratives in the story of those who overcame struggles was this. Dr. Lewis Henry Gates chronicles this. When asked the question, how were you able to make it? There seemed to have been one reoccurring response. No matter what the generation was, slaves who survived the emancipation, Jim Crow, those who survived reconstruction, those who endured the civil rights struggle, there was one reoccurring consistent response. When asked, how did you make it? The answer was, it was God's mercy. Y'all excuse me because I'm old enough to have lived during the time where I can still give God a praise for God's mercy. Look at somebody and say, it was God's mercy. Why didn't you lose your mind? How did you not commit suicide? How did you endure all that you went through, the lashes on your back, selling of your children as chattel, treating you as subhuman beings, and yet you knew how to give God a praise? How was it possible? They all said it was. Look at somebody and say, just mercy. Now let me help you understand something. For the purposes of our message today, the word mercy uh, is simply defined as a blessing that is, listen to this, look at this, look at it, it's on the screen, a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion. The key word in this definition is divine. It suggests to us that we did not survive because we came from the right family. It suggests to us that we did not survive uh, because we had help from those from around us. But look at somebody and say it was God. It was a but God only God. It had to have been nobody but God. Nobody but you, Lord. How many of you know that nobody but you? When I was discouraged, didn't know how I would make it. I just believe somebody, at least maybe 500 of you in here. Out of the 2,000 of you that are in here, at least 500 of you in here got a nobody but you testimony. Y'all, y'all, y'all just get on the door. I just need somebody, some, 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 somebody stand to your feet and throw those hands up and say, nobody but you, Lord. Mercy. The concept of mercy is a very significant part of our faith. The Judeo-Christian faith. For it was referenced mercy in both the Old and the New Testament. There are certain theological principles that transcends the testaments. 
certain things you could say were Old Testament things, but there are certain things that went beyond the Old and New Testament and even exist as a part of who we are today. This concept of mercy is one of them. Listen to what the psalmist says as they write in Psalms 107, verse 1 on mercy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Now, now these, these next four words ought to make somebody throw your hands up for he is good. <laughs> Try that again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is woo, good. Look at it. For his mercy endures forever. Paul picks this up in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. And Paul writes these words, but God. Somebody caught it. But God, not your mama, not your daddy, not your sister, not your brother, not anybody else, not your preacher, not any deacon, minister, usher, anybody else, any false prophet, any wannabe self-appointed bishop. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us. In other words, it was God's mercy that helped us be where we are. Now listen to the text. I want to share a couple of things in the text because God, God is moving me to share this. In this text that we've chosen for this message today, and thank you to, uh, to, to, to this author of this book, uh, Just Mercy. But but the Bible has its own just mercy story. <laughs> in the text, perhaps one of the greatest references in the Bible concerning God's mercy is found in the book of Lamentations, chapter number three. Just to give you some quick references and background so that you can better understand what the author writes. The author of the book of Lamentation is to believe to have been Jeremiah the prophet. It is very important to understand when he writes this because he writes this as was the case with our ancestors during a time of bondage, during a time where the nation of Israel had been invaded, captured, and now uh, overseed and, and controlled by the Babylonian government. It was an invasion that rocked the nation. They destroyed their temples. They carried away in captivity young, bright men and women, the three Hebrew boys, Daniel the prophet, and others went down there in bondage. And we now see it was, as Reverend Jesse Jackson just says, a dark period. Ooh in the life of a nation. A dark period, Jeremiah writes this book of Lamentations. The Hebrew word lament means sadness. The book of Lamentation is referred in theological circles as the book of tears. In other words, they cried tears. The Babylonians carried away 
these young worship leaders, these young educators, these young folk who should have been in the prime of their lives doing what they desire to, to do. And so their testimony is reflected in Psalms 137 verses 1 and 4. And it is important for me to share this with you before we get into the text in Lamentations because I'm going to show you two separate mindsets. First mindset was that of those who were oppressed and they were sad and they were heartbroken. And these worship leaders, these musicians had done something. They had taken their musical instruments and retired them. The text says they hung them on the willow trees. They decided that our struggles perhaps too much for us to bear. But listen to their testimony and I'll share why Lamentations was written. They write and it is recorded in Psalms 137 verses 1 to verse 4. The New Living Translation puts it this way. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem. Uh, he says, we put away our instruments, hanging them on the branches of poplar or willow trees. For our captives, those who held us in captivity, look at the word that is used, they demanded a song from us. It goes on to say, our tormentors, Chip, insisted on a joyful hymn. They said, and I quote, sing us one of those songs from Jerusalem. In other words, the people who brought us into captivity now want us to sing one of the happiest songs. But our hearts were crushed. Uh, our spirits uh, were feeling a sense of dejection and rejection. Here's what they said. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in this pagan a strange land? In other words, they said it's hard to get happy when you're going through what we're going through. Yeah, can, can somebody testify? You come to church feeling all bad and this preacher get up and tell you, shake your neighbor's hand. Go give somebody a high five. Well, preacher, you don't know what kind of week I had last week. But you've got to learn how to press your way through what you're going through because there's a but God praise behind your struggles. Who am I preaching to? Can anybody receive? Is there anybody who went through something just on last week that the enemy tells you maybe you don't feel like praising God, but you still know that your situation does not dictate your relationship with God? When I think of this goodness and what he's done for me, can anybody in here just give God your best praise despite your worst days. Tell somebody sitting next to you, you've got 10 seconds to act like God has already brought you out of it.
let the enemy dictate how I ought to praise God. I refuse to allow my financial situation to dictate how I ought to praise God. I refuse to allow those demons on my job to dictate how I ought to praise God when I think of his goodness. Look at somebody and say, you got a right to praise God. You, you ought to praise God. You yeah, help me holler. Help me support God. Help me. Get you a praise partner and say, neighbor, if you knew my story, you would understand my praise. Don't judge me till you hear my story. Don't judge me till you know my story. I ought to preach that one Sunday, right? Don't you judge me until you know my story. Until you know what I've been through and all the hell I had to go through just to show up and preach and all the trouble I had to go through and all the demons I had to push back on. got a story behind this praise y'all better wake out a war cry is about to break out a war cry is about to break out to preach another time but I feel something can I tell you the history of the war cry the war cry was not anticipating I'm gonna fight the war cry was celebrating the victory before the fight, you don't issue a war cry after the fight. You utter a war cry when you look a demon in the face and they're trying to steal your jaw. You say, Y'all better watch out. You got 30 seconds to put a praise on your war cry before the battle is over. Before that. I got to finish this. So we get to the text. You can't understand Lamentations 3 unless you've examined Psalms 37, 137. 
Psalms 137 says, how can we sing the songs of Zion feeling the way we do? But thank God for Lamentations. Woo! Jeremiah picked it up. That's all make me shout right there. Jeremiah picked it up. Lamentations 3 and 21. And he utters these words. This. Who y'all look at this? Y'all. Anybody young enough and vibrant enough to stand up, just stand up. Y'all don't have to stand if you can't. But I just, I just need you because I, I got to get out of here. But look at this. This. I recall to mine. <laughs> when I was about to give up, I, I remember this. Look at somebody and say, This I recalled to my mind. This, oh good God Almighty, I remember it. Therefore, Hope, keep hope. So the first key is this. First key takeaway is this. We have hope. Look at somebody and say, we have hope hope. Because of God's mercy, you've got hope. Second part of that verse, first part say this, this I recall to my mind. Ooh, when I was about to hang up my musical instruments, can I tie it together? <laughs> when, when, when I was sitting by the rivers of Babylon and couldn't praise God anymore, I remembered something. Look at somebody say, oh you give up. You ought to remember something. Has God ever done anything to you? You ought to recall something to mind. And say, so you know, the last time I was sick, I remember God touched my body. The, the last time I was broke, God paid my bills. Can somebody say, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. Point number one, we have hope because we remember what God has done. Second part of that verse said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been consumed. Do me a favor. Look at somebody standing next to you and say, neighbor, we have not been destroyed because of God's mercy. In other words, the reason you are standing up in here this morning, the reason you can wave your hands, the reason there's breath in your body, the reason you're still in your right mind, is because you have not been destroyed. Anybody know just mercy kept you from being destroyed? I need a handful of witnesses. 
that says when my enemy and my foe came upon me to eat up my flesh the devil stumbled and fell no weapon no weapon wave at two people say no weapon formed against me has been able to prosper somebody with some holy ghost boldness leap up one time and say i'm still here y'all are gonna make church breaks out in here leap up one more time and say i'm still here i've been through a lot i cried all night long but i'm still here 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 go get your praise partner and say neighbor i believe your story believe my story that if it had not been still here still here go touch two people say still here still here still I should be institutionalized but when the devil thought he had me I got a way to stand up on Sunday morning and say though he slay me yet will I trust him anybody know you're still here I, I, I am your enemy say guess what color purple sister ceiling I may be ugly I may be broke but I still here fingers up say number three number one is because of God's mercy we have hope number two is because of God's mercy we have not been destroyed but look at your neighbor say neighbor sermon is almost over but one more thing I got to tell you before the benediction because of God's mercy, every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. They are new every morning. Every morning you wake up is a good day. 
Anybody know that every day is a good day? Cross the aisles and shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, good day, happy days, a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody know you're having a good day? You're having a good day. Somebody say, just mercy. It's a good day. Just mercy. Can you wave your hands? It's a good day. Can you take a deep breath? It's a good day. Can you blink your eyes? Meet me at the altar. Leave your seat. Tell somebody it's a good day. It's a good day. It is. It is. Every day. Every. Woo! Here's what I want to say to somebody. God told me to say this. I want to slow this down so you can hear this. You all need to remember this. Tweet it out. Put it on your social media posts. Do not allow your situation. Y'all help me upstairs. I'm doing this on the run. I apologize. But do not allow your situations or your enemies to define your day. Can I say that again? Look at somebody standing next to you and say, do not allow your situation or your enemies to define your day. Now look at somebody and say, it's a good day. <laughs> Guess what? Tomorrow is going to be a good day. Tuesday will be a good day. Wednesday will be a good day. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going to have to go through. It does not matter because his mercies are new every day. Ooh. Do not allow your situation, thank you, or your enemies to define your day. Put it out. Hashtag just mercy. Ooh. I don't care what you're going through. We still have hope. I don't care how bad it has been. You have not been destroyed. I don't care what this day may bring, what news you may receive. It's a good day. In the book of Job, having received the news that he had lost all of his possessions, having received the news that all 10 of his children died at one time in one place. Job's right, though he slay me, yet will I trust him all 
the days of my appointed time will I wait until my change comes. Why is that so important? Because at the end of the book of Job, chapter 42, the Bible says, and when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord turned the captivity of Job around. And here's how the book of Job ends. The Lord restored all that he had lost. Ooh. I am prophesying over somebody's life and tell you restoration is about to happen. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. Somebody shout just mercy. Pastor Donna McClurkin said, great is your mercy towards me. Your loving kindness towards me. Your tender mercies, Lord, I see day after day. Ooh. Forever faithful towards me. <laughs> Somebody lift those hands and say, always providing for me. Now lift those hands and speak to the Lord and say, great is your grace. Woo. Come on, praise team, quiet. Come on, let's worship God. Yeah. I speak to us there. His mercy. Great is your mercy towards me. Your loving, your kindness. loving kindness towards me. Your tender mercy. Your tender mercies I see day after day. All the faith walkers lift those hands. Faithful towards me. I love this verse. Always, you always provide for me. Great is your mercy towards me. Great, great is your grace. Oh, everybody, lift those voices and say, "Is your." Everybody take it up. Great is, Great is your mercy towards me. Oh, 
Stevenson wrote in in that powerful book sometimes he writes in the book that some of these people that were on death row all they needed was a helping hand God says sometimes all we need is the divine hand of God pushing us in the right direction This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies we have not been consumed. His compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Somebody for the last time just say just mercy. There are people this week that are trying that will try to engage you into something that will throw you off course of where God wants you to be. I need you to remember these words, just mercy. Perhaps there will be people that will accuse you of stuff that are not true, come against you, but just mercy. It's already taken care of. Guess why? Look at somebody and say, you're covered. Your family is covered. Your house is covered. Wow. (laughs) As you close those eyes, here's the challenge. Perhaps there is somebody in here today that is bold enough to say, Lord, I need to commit myself to something greater than my own self. I need to make a commitment to you that even goes beyond my attendance at church. Hmm. I 
I need to recommit my life to you. I need to say, here am I, Lord. I'm willing to be counted as someone who's faithful. It's just you and God. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God is speaking to someone right now. That's why all of our eyes are closed and our hands are lifted. Perhaps there is somebody in here that it hasn't been easy in your life. And the reason you are still here is just mercy. But you take mercy and turn that into a relationship with God. Amen. What should, what should come after mercy is gratefulness and gratitude. Amen. Hear my Lord. I'm glad you didn't give up on me. And I'm grateful. I don't have all the answers, but I'm grateful. And if you're ready to take that next step, whoever you are, whatever you're going through, then just remain at this altar after this prayer. Press your way down and say, Pastor Jackson, God is speaking to me this day. Amen. One more time, Anthony, come on. Please, I see. Somebody is already healed. <laughs> Somebody is already delivered. So here we are, Lord, Ooh. standing before you with our arms open, our hearts open, all of our imperfections are on display. Ooh. We would not be here today if it had not been for your mercy. And Lord, mercy deserves gratitude. We are grateful. We are grateful that the enemy did not destroy us. We are grateful that we still have hope. We are grateful that every day is a good day. Somebody here today, somebody viewing by way of internet, listening by way of radio, ready to take that next step. And we say thank you. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And the church said amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, just mercy. Ooh, yeah, if you're here today, God is calling you. Come on. You want to make that commitment. You don't, wherever you are, just come on up front. And amen. Come on here. Come on here. Baby, God said, this is, don't get discouraged. If you're here and God says, this is your day, doesn't matter who watches you to verse. 
Perhaps God is challenging you. Someone else, wherever you are, walk, walk down the aisles and stand. God is calling you to a greater relationship with Him. Amen. Clap those hands if you will. 